Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Wait a minute. Okay, here's the situation. We have a first on the show today, and I'm going to ramp it up right now. And I don't care who my who says I'm tired of listening to Ron and talk. Well, you better turn this off because it's only been 15 seconds, and we're only at the start of the episode. But I have, due to some unforeseen circumstances and some natural disasters, I suppose we could call it, um, but also some serendipity, I would say because aren't I lucky? I have the most fabulous, stunning, hysterical, smat, 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 smat. This cookie is so smat. If there's a smat of cookie, I'd like to meet that cookie and I'd like to devour it. With me today is Naomi Ekperigan. Ooh, Rana. Rana, this is Black History Month, girl. This oh, is it. Now I'm, now I'm mad at myself. I could have pretended it was just for Black History Month that I was having you on as <laughs> as co-host. Will I, I still cons- get credit, do you think? I will consider it a reparation. <laughs> I will. So we can proceed. Can we call, can we officially call me an ally just for this afternoon? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You get allyship points for real. <laughs> it's like you just read White Fragility. Well, yeah, instead of living it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think I'm an ally, but you know what? A lot of people think they're allies and it turns out they're not at all. I, and that's how I know you an ally because you just pointed that out. You the know what I'm saying? people that think they're allies are never allies. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Too good. I You're looking s- good. How are you handling this? You know, this? Okay. So let's just break it down for people what's going mm-hmm. on here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, am I lucky that you said you joined me here today? If there was no pandemic, there's no chance I would have Naomi because nobody works more than Naomi. Every <laughs> minute you're working and probably every minute you're on a writing Zoom and a this and a that. Well, but, I mean, girl, I'm out here just trying to afford the things on your Christmas list. Okay. When Rana suggests products, I'm like, I got to make that paper because it, I can't just be buying. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? <laughs> I feel sometimes I feel so sad for our listeners. And we do have a question coming up today, which no question. I'm going to give answers that these people can't afford. But <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to stop being me? Is that the idea? Absolutely not. I'm going to Absolutely have to be, not. I'm going to have to do me, as they say. <laughs> you have to stand in your truth. And so today, if people haven't heard, excuse me, there has been an absolute crazy superstorm system hitting the whole country. And we already get that anyway up in Boston because it's winter. So that's what we're doing. We're getting, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting winter weather, of course. But places that we're not expecting it in any way. I mean, we're talking about Texas here. Yes. And so I'm not going to give away who our guest was supposed to be today, but it was, it's a big one and he's located. I'll tell you this. It's not Lance Armstrong. Okay. (laughs) He's located in Texas, but he's not Lance Armstrong. That's all the hints I'm giving people, Mm -hmm. but 
His, so in Texas, because it doesn't get that cold usually, a lot of people have electrical heat. Now, well, if Brian honey. were here today, he could tell us all about that because he's from Texas. Right, right. But Brian, uh, we had our own little superstorm weather system on my street in Marblehead where a power line went down. Oh, my, my God. Oh, my God. Between the ice and the sleet and the weight of the snow, et cetera, et cetera. Believe me. The public works got an earful from me. Excuse me. <laughs> and, they're, and they're on it. But in the meantime, I had to escape to my brother's cabin in New Hampshire. I was wondering. It looks great. Yeah. Well, you know what? It looks great. But I'll tell you the truth. I mean, this. But he, my brother's one of those sort of Teddy Roosevelt buffs. You know, <laughs> he always, he wants a library that has a, a ladder that goes across. You know, he wants to pretend that he's okay living at the, you know, Athenaeum in Boston and you know him, he he and the other gentlemen are exchanging their books and their thoughts and their ideas but the truth is this is an absolutely you know this house is maybe 10 years old <laughs> that's the best very high ceiling so I apologize if the sound is poor uh but I escaped here Brian went to the, went and took refuge with the lobsterman and I don't want to shock anybody but he doesn't have wi-fi Naturally. So we, Naturally. Couldn't, we couldn't do Zoom. And here is the gorgeous Naomi Paragon with me today. And I have to say, darling, you look for a person who's in quarantine. It's not acceptable that you should look that good. You are too kind, Rana. Honey, I always see you nails done. You know, and I just said, yeah. let me try to meet that minimum and just kind of <laughs> just do a touch of face. You know, hit that Zoom touch up my appearance button. Oh, sure. You got to touch it up a little. I Did didn't know there was a sliding scale on that. I, I went to, I was, I was doing my setup here because, you know, at home I have my studio, so everything yeah. is organized. And here I'm on the go, which is already, you know, I was completely frazzled as much as is humanly possible for me. And I went into my preferences and I didn't know with Zoom that there's a little sliding scale there that you can decide how much you want to touch yourself up. You can definitely decide how much Vaseline you want to put on that lens, honey. Yeah. It will really, you can come in here looking like Casper the Friendly Ghost if you want to. It will yeah. just, it will just blur you all out. You can either and, go uh, Ken Burns, which is nothing, documentary right. style filter, or you can take, which, excuse me, he's a neighbor up here. Pardon me. Wow. I'm in New Hampshire. Oh. Uh, or you can slide it all the way to Barbara Walters, which is full Vaseline on the lens. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Zsa, Zsa Gabor. A little Marlena. Yeah. Marlena loves some Vaseline on the lens. I love Dietrich? those movies oh. where you see one person, they clearly, the budget is we're going to light the star and then everyone else is like, you know, being shot ghouls. from the back of a broom closet. <laughs> they all look with like one ghouls. interrogation light overhead. <laughs> Naomi, dear, what has your week been like? What have you been doing? Well, you know, I What's am going on with Mabel? She got a couch, I noticed. Well, yes, I did buy my beautiful dog a tiny couch yeah. and I don't regret it. <laughs> I don't regret it. Really? You know, I've lately been in this thing where if I spend money on the animals, yeah. it doesn't count as spending money. Does that make any sense? And it actually makes uh, a lot less than sense. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thank mean, you I for understand the rationalization, but I mean, <laughs> we're, we're headed down. I was talking to someone about this the other day. What is the age at which, which women become baddie aunts? Where baddie behavior starts to become acceptable. And then they oh. become the people that will say anything and do it. And you think, who, why, this is why they had witches. This is why they would burn women at the stake. It's because they wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> or, they, or they would start talking about buying tiny couches for their familias, which is what witches would call their little animal their friends. animals, definitely. <laughs> and I do call my pets my familiars. Do you? 
Yes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You know, I I don't feel particularly witchy because I'm not into nature. You know, just naturally. Okay. I'm not into it. I don't. I don't like the feeling of twigs underfoot. Uh, my feeling about insects, Rana. When you're that small, you don't need that many legs unless you're doing evil. Okay, that's just a fact <laughs> about insects. So that's why I was like, when you say New Hampshire and I see that wood behind you, I say, oh my god, I uh, hope they're no not creatures. To you. No, no. Also, very empty. Right? Like, how close is the nearest neighbor? Yeah. No, see, well, nah. not very. Yeah. Yeah, that's mur- see. I, I watch murder shows. You know what I'm saying? And I can't it's take true. that They'll risk. Never, yeah, then they won't find the body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So somebody I, broke into a house up here. We were reading the crime blotter earlier. Somebody broke into a house. And they gave a complete inventory of everything they took in this article because I love to read the local newspaper whenever I go somewhere. Uh huh. And they gave a complete inventory. They stole a, a Google camera and a, some other speaker and then a little silver cigarette box, which was apparently worth $4,000. Oh, my God. And 500 other things, snowshoes, a snow, a snowboard, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end of the blotter, it said they just left them on the porch. And the what? only thing they walked, explain to me what happened during that <laughs> raid. And the only thing they walked out with was the, uh, was they left the cigarette box, which was worth <laughs> more than everything combined. And the only thing they took was the Google camera. So that's why they didn't have footage of the burglary. <laughs> oh my God. This How is could very... you just decide to leave everything on the porch? Do you think it was a one man job? Do you think there were multiple assailants? I think that's two, either drunk or Hi, people. And I think at some point they were in the house. They started gathering stuff. Yeah. And then as they walked out, they were like, the car is too far. I don't they think came, we could do this. You know what? They came on foot is what it must have been. Yeah. And they couldn't carry it. And they but just then, couldn't carry it. And then they just couldn't be bothered. Or I suppose, you know, I don't know how this works exactly because I've never been a big drug user. But maybe you're high and then the highway is off and you sort of think, oh, now I'm exhausted. But when you're I don't want to carry you- anything. But like when you're high, are you really trying to like commit capers? You know what I mean? Like I thought when oh. you're high, you just sit on the couch. Oh, you, it, well, eat it depends a pizza. on what you're high on. I mean, That's if you're true. High, high on methamphetamine, you definitely look. There's someone behind me. I, I literally, I just saw two Hold heads. On. And see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, murder. Hold on. Attention, Carriage House members, run a year to tell you all about FM. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create a podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. If you're that sort of person, I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Is everything okay? Well, wait a minute. We just had a scare. Truly. Truly. I apologize. Apparently that was the groundskeeper. Wow. You, you now, my wow. brother's going to hear about this because the fact that he didn't want me, the groundskeeper named Jose, would be coming around on trash day. Of course, I was terrified that one of our super fans caught wind that I was in 603, which is the New Hampshire area code. Well, you know, I was hit, ready to be a witness. I was like, I will take down the details to contact the police. 
But wouldn't that have been one of those terrifying Dateline moments where you don't have the phone number where I am. You don't have the address, of course. I mean, I can't be sharing details like that. And you would have you would have had to watch the murder being committed. Oh, my God. A a rear window. A dream come true. I do honestly. I do want to be a key witness. I know the idea of being a star witness, a key witness, like the person it all hinges. Or do you want to be the key witness of the foreman on the jury? What do you think? Oh, you know what? As a foreman, I don't want to have to hear other people's opinions, so I'd rather be a key witness. Too many stupid people on the jury. Exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. Not a job for me at all. Uh, (laughs) I would be Um, fighting with everybody on the jury. There's no question. You would get, honey. I would watch. One angry Rana instead of 12 angry men. Okay. I would watch you wrestle that jury into submission. I wonder if you can do it because I think there's a thing where power of persuasion is not my strong suit. So my point is I would make my point. Yeah. But I would also make a lot of enemies at the same time. So there would people that would say, I don't want to agree with this. No, at all. And I think that happens on juries more often than you would think, which is the the dynamics of the jury uh, key to what happens in the in the process. I don't think people take their individual mandate seriously enough, probably. Definitely. Definitely. I I had a person, a friend of mine who was a foreman on like a grand jury and she was there for weeks and she is a very um, quiet, chill, like literally she was like, I think they just picked me because they knew I wasn't going to cause problems. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they just like picked, it's like pick the young girl who's not saying much. She'll keep it moving. Well, <laughs> or she, yeah, she'll be the class secretary, basically. Those were the people that were always chosen for secretary. Right, right, yeah. right, right. You can yeah. trust her. You can trust her. Now, Naomi, we, are, it's just going to be you and me today, dear. So we're going to give our best advice. Or our worst. It. It's none of their business what we do. I said what I said. That's going to be no matter what happens. I said what give I said. Our advice is what exactly. we're going to do. Exactly. And you can either take it or not take it. Excuse exactly. me. Exactly. And I don't want to hear your complaints. We have a little bit of housekeeping that we have to do. And the other thing is, I want to take this opportunity now that we're here, just you and me. Mm-hmm. And if you had, and I know you're a listener to the show, I got, you know, I'm not going to hold your feet to the flame here and suggest that anybody listens to a podcast every single week. Excuse me. Well, I am a carriage house member. Did you know that? Are you? The, are you? I am. I a am a CHIP? Honey, honey, I am the only Patreon I'm a part of. Ever. I wonder if we've, are we violating the terms of the service of the carriage house by having a Patreon member as a co-host here today? Absolutely is this a not. conflict of interests is our question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay on the free feed. It's allowed on the free it's feed. So true. Anything on the free feed is fine, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really the truth. Uh, so what we're going to do, we have a little bit of housekeeping, but then I would love to hear, since you are a devoted listener, if you have any opinions on any of the advice or any of the letters we've received, anything that sticks out to you, this mm-hmm. is your chance to, because I know sometimes people listen to the show and they think, oh, why don't they say this? Why don't they do that? Or who would write in such a thing, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have anything you want to weigh in on, you're welcome to, but also no pressure, of course. Of course, but I do have thoughts. Thank you. Is there anything you wanted to touch on, dear? Well, let me just tell you something that has still haunted me. Um, I want to say this was a few episodes ago. The gentleman who talked about having renting a house for just a few of his friends, oh. and then suddenly this Friend, the, one of the friends was like, it's it's his birthday. Yes. So he ended up inviting like nine randos yeah. to the house. 
Yeah. And that the nerve of that friend then. People dropped by from Los Angeles. The house was in Palm Springs and they dropped by. And there was a private chef involved. Like when I heard it, I have never gotten so viscerally angry about something happening to a total stranger. Like I, I was livid. Yeah. Livid. Honey, we in a damn pandemic. You do not bring randoms. Unbelievable. Okay. You don't bring randoms. And then for that person to not talk to him anymore. You know, when, when the, the writer was like, so I apologize for kind of, you know, ha- you know, having a little storm out, a little attitude. Yeah, slammed and the door. F- right. And then the friend just hasn't responded to him. was like, I'll talk to you. How old is your Trifleneus if you can't forgive an adult? This is the thing. These are adults acting like tweens. Yeah. Queens. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like, I don't fight with people. I'm a grown woman. I pay taxes. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to tell me something back and we're going to move on. You know what I mean? Do you, if you have a problem with one of your friends, do you just confront it or do you let it fester? I, I confront it. And especially like before it's a big thing, because then you can kind of like say it a little light, diffuse it with tension. But when you let that stuff build up, yeah. then it's a production. And people, I think, also feel blindsided. Because if you're like, when you did that thing six months ago, someone's yeah. like, excuse me? What are you referring no to? No idea what you're even talking about at that point. Exactly. Because, well, that's an excellent point. Because when people, I mean, isn't this the thing in life? These are the questions. When do we say something and when do we let it go? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is, I mean, almost any dilemma boils down to that. Right. And right. what's your threshold? What's your boundary? How do you do, right. you know? And also just how do you personally process things? And, you know, if you're a person that wants to clear the air or you're a person that wants to let things fester. But this was also part of the answer to that question. I'm trying to remember what his name was. But I remember that question haunted me, actually, mm-hmm. because I knew how... I knew, and this was, I think, as I recall, the answer that I gave, but I knew how hurt he was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And wounded, really, Mm -hmm. by the situation. And I wanted to acknowledge that, and I wanted him to know, we we see you, we feel sensitive for you, we understand. Mm -hmm. But when it is your responsibility to, that you're keeping an inventory of all of the slights in your life. And right. which those two things go hand in hand, which is letting things go and feeling slighted. Yes. And so that's the part you have control over. And that was, as I recall, I remember saying, he said, my friend knows I have trouble with friendships and he still right, treated me this right, way, right. et cetera, et cetera. And the answer is he doesn't really know. Because right, he doesn't care. This is the, you don't literally say anything this is the most, self, most self centered person I ever heard of. Oh, yeah. You brought people to somebody else's house. You, literally, and see, the thing is, I would have been just like the writer, honey, because I would be up in there asking you for a Venmo request. Don't you stay someplace I have paid for and I don't know you? Absolutely. I would have, I would have, I would have been like him too. I don't think I would have stormed out, but I would have been sour. Would you as hell. have said, Hey, I want to talk to you. What do you want to do about Rob? Do you want to have him pay a third or do you want to, how would you have handled it? try to find a quiet moment and be like yeah. hey so do you think you could get a little you, you know rob could venmo me just because this was you know this is this wasn't cheap yeah and he seems to be availing himself of the amenities yeah he's sharing the house <laughs> yeah i'm like hey like just ask you know in a chill moment before not when rob's around like whatever yeah but you just say that and it's like because that's the thing too you know as we get older and this can be so tricky right we have to accept people where they are Rana. like you know, what when, an somebody's, point. when somebody's grown, 
you know, don't think you can change them. Mm. And so that question of does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? Does it need to be said now? Right. You're asking those three questions. And it's sort of like, am I saying it in hopes of like making a change? Or am I saying it to get something like, you know, just kind of lighten my load? And I think if you're saying it to kind of make a change, that's not the one, honey. We can be out here trying to change grown folks. Yeah, it's true. But you also can't, that's such a good point. You have to meet people where they are. But it also doesn't mean that you don't have to do any work on the relationships in your life. If if they're worth working on. Yeah. And that is the hard part of being an adult, which is where you say, (laughs) you first have to sort of sort through and figure out what's me and what's the situation, which a lot of people don't do. A lot of people Mm -hmm. just say, every situation is me. And so this, (laughs) this bothers me. I'm going to say something about it. Right. Right. Why is this now triggering? That's the word everybody uses now. But why is this up, up your, you know, a pebble in your shoe up? Right. Why is it in your your bra? Yeah. Exactly. Figure that out. That's the first sort of inventory you have to take. And then you have to say, do I care enough about this relationship to work on it? Right. And no, of course, we get a million questions about family, et cetera. There are people who are just not going to exit your life. Right. And so you have to figure out how to either reduce that friction or come to an understanding. And that right. is the hard part of being a grown up now question. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But I love it, though. I like being direct. I was a very shy kid and was always like, do you like me? I love to be free. I love to be free, Rana. What was the turning point? I think it was college. And I think it had to do with kind of what you're saying. What it was to suddenly live amongst your peers, where you had to be around them all the time. And it was kind of like, yeah. okay, if we're going to share this bedroom, we're going to have to have a conversation. And it was much, and, it, and I found it like, if you do it right, you know, again, before you like are all twisted up inside or crying or yelling, it actually wasn't so bad. <laughs> and it's over. Yeah. Instead of thinking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, it's over. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, should we do our first question? What do you think? Ooh, I can't wait. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, we have a cliffhanger follow-up. Uh, do you want to oh, read yes. this, actually? Sure, I would love to. Since we don't have Brian, he normally would read something like this. I think we should have Naomi read it. I will do it. And I, okay. we can just insert Naomi wherever it says Brian. <laughs> Dear Rana and Naomi. There you go. You may have heard from others already, but as a therapist, I wanted to offer some additional insight into the question about seeing your therapist in the real world. Okay, so this I was our, this was a cliffhanger a few weeks ago. Yes, uh, San Francisco therapist exactly. apartment building. Yes, they, she figured it out that her therapist, she saw the mail and figured out her therapist was in the same building and was having an absolute panic attack about what she was going to do because it was a relatively new relationship with the therapist, but she really valued the relationship of the therapist. Right, right. And we answered it on Patreon. And because Naomi is a CHIP, (laughs) she got to hear our answer. Yeah. Okay, now they say, it is standard practice for therapists not to acknowledge their clients if this happens, which it does naturally, especially if you live in a town smaller than San Francisco. Yeah. Part of this is about maintaining boundaries, as you two insightfully observed. Okay, insightful, naturally. Yeah. Part I'll of this take is it about- where I can get it. <laughs> Part of this is about maintaining confidentiality for the client. If the therapist were to greet the client, the therapist was with someone, and that person said, "Oh, how do you know each other?" They'd run the risk of breaking client therapist confidentiality. 
And part of it is about not making the client uncomfortable, as this is often a disorienting situation for them, as your letter writer and Brian both illustrated. The usual practice is to follow the client's lead. If they ignore you, ignore them back. If they say hi, say hi back. If they try to start an impromptu session with you, tell them that you'll talk during your next session. Hello, boundaries. And and that'll be your last session. (laughs) (laughs) As you two said, this is absolutely something the writer should discuss with their therapist. It may shed light on whatever they're already working on in therapy, and it may yield insights into not only their relationship with the therapist, but also their relationships in the real world. Mm. Wow. As a therapist, running into your client's IRL happens regularly and is rarely a reason to terminate the relationship. If that were the case, it would be nearly impossible to practice in a small town. It might be a deal breaker for the letter writer. Yeah. But one way or another, processing it with the therapist is often enlightening. And having that conversation and setting expectations for if and when you run into each other again might go a long way in making them feel more comfortable continuing what sounds like a fruitful therapeutic relationship. Hmm. Thank you for everything you do. I love the podcast. It's been a bomb in these difficult times. L. What a lovely and thoughtful response. Don't you also love that a therapist is listening to Ask Rana? I can't believe, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that. I felt so relieved that an actual professional wasn't saying, Rana, you've done it again. Five people are going to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge based on your advice. Uh, but it's true. You know, we actually have had a few therapists and we have quite a few therapists and quite a few social workers and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing write in and say that they do listen to the show. So that is the ultimate compliment. It truly is. I have a, yeah. one like therapist who's very into couples therapy and she'll respond and it makes me feel very validated. Yeah. Very seen. I was like, thank you so much for your professional opinion. Somebody wrote in the other day. Now I can't think of it. When we, You'll hear it on Patreon. Somebody wrote in and as part of their letter, they said how much they love couples therapy. Oh, yeah. And that now I can't so think of who it was, but it was on, oh uh, I think it's on the Patreon. So you'll Cannot hear. Cannot wait. Now, Cannot now wait. that I know you're a CHIP. <laughs> Shall we get into our questions here, dear? Yes, very Are ready. Are you ready? Do you need I'm to stretch? Ready. Do you need to keen? Do you need a, a glass of water? Do you need a, a, a bread bowl or a Gatorade? Anything Absolutely like that? not. I choose to come into this bone dry, fully okay. parched. That helps me focus. I have... <laughs> I have to say, I'm noticing your gorgeous lip gloss that you have on today. I don't know what it is. I love you in red. Thank you so much. Uh, I know I found a red that like works and I'm very excited. Is red your color? Do you have a color? I tend to go more berry, you know, like a purpley uh-huh. red deeper. So this is more, this is new for me to do something, you know, a bit brighter. I'm loving it. I think it Thank looks gorgeous. So much. And I think we're far enough away from Christmas right now that you can do something like that. <laughs> Uh, and then that's reminding me that somebody on the live show wanted to know what my lipstick was and I never told them. That was what they, I did a one-on-one with them and the, th- and the thing they wanted to know in the one-on-one was what my <laughs> lips color was, which is absolutely <laughs> the biggest waste of money I ever heard of. So I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell everyone on the free feed, I can't believe I'm going to divulge my secrets. Now I'm going to say for the, for the record, I don't even know if this stuff is still available. But I'm using, well, I can, I know for sure my lip pencil isn't available, so I'm not going to recommend that because unless there's somebody who works for YSL or a beauty distributor who wants to contact me and let me know, because I will buy every last one of these lip pencils that they sell in number eight, because they don't have that anymore. Uh, But, and they'll say, oh, I have number eight, it's this. And I'll say, no, that's the new number eight. I want the (laughs) old number eight. But the lipstick is, of course, a layer. So I'm doing a Rouge de Armani's sheer lipstick, okay? 
Mm-hmm. That's in 202. Then I'm layering on top of that Dior Addict in 002 lip polish, okay? Okay. And then on top of that, on oh occasion, this just depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll do this, sometimes I won't. I'm putting on a uh, the Dior, I love a Dior lip gloss, I have to say. Lip Maximizer, which is a fabulous clear lip mm. gloss, um, but it has a little bit of, who knows, cayenne pepper, mint, oh, really? you know, something oh, give that you gives- like a plump? Yeah, a little bit of a plump. touch of plump. Now, is um, the gloss, you know, my thing with clear glosses, and maybe just from my youth, and I would just buy like bad brands. They were sure, always from so Ricky's. goopy. Yes, very goopy. And that's why yeah. I never really, and so is this it one is like It is a smooth? little goopy. Okay. Uh, and it's, and I, this one I take in 001, which is probably the lightest shade that they do. It's a very pale pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little goopy, but I find that this one is not as thick. Mm. as the average but that is the nature of a of a clear yeah. maximizer so there's your there's all your hot tips for today <laughs> how were the, your one-on-ones did anyone i mean so someone's asking about lipstick did anyone ask any questions that really shocked you that you weren't expecting was there anything there uh you know i have to say they were overwhelmingly pleasant and Great. it was lovely to be able to put a face to a name. A couple of people were a little nervous. I tried to make them feel at ease, but it was, uh, it was, I have to say it was lovely. I mean, you know, you know me, I, I don't like to move amongst the people too much. I know. That's why I was like, this is very brave of you to be and in this And I was ice. a little nervous about it, uh, but it was absolutely lovely. And so many people were wearing leopard. They wanted to show me they had dressed up. You know, what was really lovely about the show. So many people, our contestants, we did a, a fun carriage house trivia and we did our Brian trivia. Uh, but everyone that appeared on camera had either put their outfit together or was concerned about their background or oh, wow. had done their hair and were wearing lipstick. Okay. And so I think people really felt like they were attending a show for the night. Definitely, definitely. And that was so flattering that people said, you know what? I'm treating this like it's an event. It was, though. I think you guys treated it like an event, too. It was, you know what I mean? It was great. We wanted it to feel like it was something. Right. We didn't want it to just, which, by the way, some of those uh, shows are great when people just do a live recording of the podcast and they're very casual and you get to see the performers uh, in the element, which is wonderful. You get to see how they move. And I know you do your Twitch show and people can go on your Twitch show. When is the Twitch show? The Twitch show is Wednesdays at 2 p.m. PST. So and people it is. can see you and Andy interacting. Exactly. And we answer yeah. questions in the chat. Like that part is fun. And yeah. so, yeah. But I also think we all need a sense of occasion right now, which is what yeah. you guys did, right? We need to feel like today is not like the other days. <laughs> But I think the rapid fire questions was my favorite was my favorite part. But it was really cute. There was an, one girl who had written in Tali. She had written in months ago asking for advice on her new apartment. Where she where should she start decorating it? And in her minute and a half talking to me, she told me, Rana, I already have the Schumacher wallpaper lined up for the powder room. I mean, it was very uh, cute. I love. She that. was wearing a sweater that her husband hated. <laughs> And he was in the room and she said, my husband hates the sweater. And I said, who cares what he thinks? If we told our husbands what we really thought of them, we'd never be married. Ain't that the truth? They can't handle any criticism whatsoever. (laughs) So delicate. Dear Glamorous Rana, with an O-U-S, pardon me. So we're dealing with someone from uh, the Commonwealth countries. Across the pond. My dreamy, looney tune, Brian, not here today. 
and hot to trot guests. That's Naomi. I'll take it. Love you both and love you podcast. I am writing about an issue with a roommate. I have two, my twin brother and someone I'll name Sid. Sid moved in August of last year from a small town to Chicago, where I've been for around 10 years. We met on a queer housing group on Facebook when my brother and I were looking for someone to replace our roommate moving out. Sid didn't have a job lined up immediately, but had enough savings for two months' rent and said they had promising job prospects and qualifications, so we were not worried. Cut to today, and they still are not employed. I know it has been a difficult time to find any employment, but enough time has passed, and my brother and I have given them numerous job tips, leads, and Mm -hmm. recommendations to no avail. Oh, here's something I didn't see coming. Sid is autistic and is very sensitive. So when we have brought it up to them, they get defensive and take it personally. There is no way we can live with them for another year, but I feel incredibly guilty as they have no real financial safety net, no former friends in the area, and are not speaking with their family. Mm. We have helped them out a lot through the months, but simply cannot support them. Additionally, they seem to have a laundry list of excuses for why they can't do this or that. For example, they have a disordered relationship to food and don't really clean much outside of their bedroom. Mm. But it is also outspoken but, oh, but is also outspoken about not having bad experiences with therapy and being staunchly opposed to group housing or similar setups. We didn't help them for the purpose of holding it over them or think of, of the relationship transactionally. However, the things they have used, borrowed, not paid for is the kind of alarming, is kind of alarming and the situation is not sustainable. How would you handle this tricky situation? I want to help them as they generally mean well, and I definitely don't want to kick them out with nowhere to go. How would we address this situation and help them without overextending ourselves and coddling them? Thank you so much. XOXO T door. Wow. Okay. This is, I mean, there is a lot going on for Sid. Yeah. However, the writer, it is very cut and dry. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's hard out here. Okay. The world is hard. The world is painful. Your girl is on Wellbutrin and Lexapro. Okay. I get it. I get it. And the occasional Trader Joe's wine, probably. Honey, the price is right. (laughs) Do they still sell two buck chuck? I know I haven't. I should have asked you for the Trader Joe's report because you know I won't set foot. You won't? And it's the only place you'll set foot. Yeah. It's the only place I'll set yeah. foot. This is the one p- place where you and I are not on the same page. I won't set foot in a Trader Joe's if my life depends on it. But I have to have once a year, somebody has to get me the Trader Ho Ho Ho's, as I call them, <laughs> which are the peppermint Oreos that <laughs> the they have at Christmas. Yes. Wait, is it, is, what is it about TJ's? I am offended by the execution of the entire enterprise. <laughs> The diagonal aisles, the ringing of the bell, the Jimmy Buffett shirts, Mm -hmm, the cute mm -hmm. names on the snacks. And I will give them credit and say, nobody does research and development and brings in new products like Trader Joe's. It's true. That's true. That's true. But I hate it so much. I have decided I can live without whatever, without Trader Joe's Vindaloo. Well, they're getting getting rid of all those names. They used to have Trader Jose's and Trader Joto and Trader this and that. and I have decided I can live without all of it. The only thing I can't live without is the ho ho hos. 
Wow. And I yeah. literally like live could for not. It. I live for yeah. it. Like I there I would I would be deceased by now if not for TJ's. And one of the good things about living in LA, you know, we have a car now so we can really load up that trunk. You know, Trader Joe's in New York, that was you had to make choices. You had to say, Do I want milk and orange juice? You yeah. know? And yeah, now, that's so funny. As you're like Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor said her favorite place to go in the world was the grocery store. <laughs> because she had grown up, you know, under the studio system or whatever. And so they kept it basically in a cage right. and, fed, and fed a chicken broth just to keep her alive, you know, for 15 years. And when she got a little older and started doing the perfume and, you know, started wearing moo-moos and letting, mm-hmm. you know, having a little fun, shall we say, she went to the grocery store. She discovered the grocery store and she thought it was the most magical place. She couldn't believe all of these choices and that you could have... Whatever you want. You can and have that's all of how it. New Yorkers feel when they move out of New York. Oh, the wide aisles. I yeah. love a wide oh, aisle. Those oh, diagonal aisles. And but, everyone in there is an animal, just admit it. <laughs> well, that, okay, that is, that is the thing. And that's why, you know, when I go to Trader Joe's, it is very much, I am shooting this documentary style. I yeah. am going in like the Hunger Games. Because it is well before the pandemic. It, people were animals. Okay, people were animals. And the produce aisle is nothing to write home about. Well, you need a farmer's market for that, really. For the real freshies, the real yeah. freshies. Yeah. But I don't like the things that have been outside and everyone touched on. But I don't want seven avocados. I just want the three I want to pick. You <laughs> right. know, they want to put everything in a green bag. That's true. But that, you yeah. know, the bag stuff is always the worst. Yeah. Because basically they'll be like a bag of five and then three of them are trash. Correct. But you don't know like that. Like a bag of onions. Nothing makes me angrier than a bag of onions. Because there's always two that have already gone bad in an onion. But an onion right. is a thing that you always think you have and you're not sure if you don't have. So every time you go to the store, you buy more onions because you can't remember if you have onions. That's and true. And then you go home and you say, what am I going to do with all these onions? <laughs> Just make 12 gallons of but stock. But let's get back to tea dua. Though I do want to know what your favorite current snack is from Trader Joe. What's your, what's your top find at the moment? I recently discovered their chicken soup dumplings, which is not oh. really a snack, but I will tell you, it's very satisfying. The closest I found to the flavor of a good soup dumpling. Huh. And, and you I just it. make it. How do you make it? In a microwave, microwave or in a pan? Microwave. Uh-huh. Comes out perfect. Could you imagine? You to, one minute, 45 seconds. Do you have to put water on it or anything like that? No, Rana, honey. It's in the tray. You put the tray in the microwave. That's it. Fascinating. Fascinating well, or amazing. They sound wonderful. I'll never try them. <laughs> now, what are we going to do about T. Doer here? T. Doer is going to have to set Sid, help Sid find a different living situation. Yeah. And it's got to be, you know, a shared, hopefully something cheaper. And it's like, you got to go. You got to go, Sid. Sid is not going to do what they need to do until they stop relying on this safety net of the twins right the twins are keeping sid afloat and especially you know tidor is saying here right like the things they have used borrowed not paid for is kind of alarming i can't imagine i can't imagine what's alarming well sid is not built for this world yes yes i have news for tidor sid is already living in a group home okay <laughs> i mean he he, he is That's true or- they are. They are. They are. And that's why this is working out for Sid. Because Sid needs to live. Sid is not built for this world. Sid, that's why Sid can't get a job. That's mm-hmm. why Sid, Sid can't do these things on their own. It's impressive, yeah. honestly, 
on the face of it that Sid ever found this roommate situation to begin with. I know, I know. And I don't know whether Sid had another friend that wrote the roommate applications for him or her (laughs) or they. I bet Sid starts out charming. I think that's the thing. You think, oh, this is going to be a fun person. This will be a fun roommate. I think Sid starts Hmm. out sweet. Sweet. And quiet. Okay, as you were saying. Uh Uh-huh. And And so you think... You sort of think, oh, Sid's a little quirky, but sweet. And Sid is sweet, I'm sure. Yeah. But Sid is a disabled person who really needs the support of certain services. I'm not saying Sid can't have a job and live in the world, but Sid needs other other services that are supporting them. Yes, definitely. And you're not that thing. You're right. that you're the you're, you're standing in for that thing. And also, it's no mistake here, you and your and your twin. So that's already sort of a familial situation. You mm-hmm. two are very steady because you already know exactly how you want to live with each other. So, it's not even like a real roommate situation where if it was three roommates, each person has a distinct opinion. Right. You two are right, running right, right. you're running you're effectively running a boarding house right now. Right, right. Definitely. But you stepped in it is what happened. Right. And right. so now there's been months and months and I think Sid is not your family. Mm-hmm. Sid is not your old friend. Mm-hmm. Of course we don't want Sid out on the street. Right. But and Sid not talking to Sid's family is Sid's problem. And I think you have to say to Sid, Sid one year is, I guess Sid moved in in August or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. April 1st. Yeah. We want to live on our own. We have spoken to you many times about, because the problem with a roommate that doesn't have a job is that they're around all of the time. Of course. Of they're course. just living there. Right. They're eating right. your food. They have no money. Da, 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 da. You don't really have to get into the laundry list of what Sid has done and not done right. because you've also enabled that. Right. Uh, from the kindness of, you know, out of the kindness of your heart. But my guess is the only thing Sid really understands is hard boundaries. Right. And that you right. have to say April 1st, you have to look, start, you have to find somewhere else to live by April 1st. I'm happy to help you. Or we can talk to this place, that place, etc. But I'm giving you two months notice. Right. And we want to take the apartment back and we're going to turn that room into a den or whatever, you know, an office, a home office or whatever. This isn't working out. We love you. We want to stay friends, et cetera, et cetera. But it's too much. Now, remember, they said Sid gets defensive, takes it personally. When T-Door... It is personal. Well, that's the thing. When T-Door says to Sid, expect Sid to get mad. Yeah, but stand your ground. I think yes. that's what I'm saying. You know yes. that, like, Sid's not gonna want to hear this. Sid yes, will be mad at you. Point. It might be a rough week in the apartment, but stand firm. You don't have to be mean to stand firm. No, and Sid will come to. It's like, okay, we gotta do the work. Well, and that's obviously a big issue. You make such an excellent point. That's obviously a big issue for Sid too. Is change and acceptance are difficult. Mm-hmm. They, they're difficult for everybody, but particularly if Sid is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that things don't. T- Sid moved from wherever he, they were and right. came into this apartment. They've changed things before. I would love to help you, but it really isn't your job to find Sid a new situation, to be honest with you. But if you want to help, that's nice of you. Right. But, or you want to help them move or whatever it is. But you have to give Sid enough runway and you have to draw a very clear boundary. 
Right. Definitely. Definitely. Because Sid will figure it out. Sid will figure it out. Because as you said, they moved to Chicago in the first place. Also, I don't know. Are you guys in your 20s? It feels very in your 20s. The point is, Sid is alive. Sid will work it out. Sid will work it out. It will be hard, as you said, like, but it can be done in the same way Sid found you guys. Sid can find other friends, you know, and like, you know, they met in a queer housing group. Honey, get back to that queer housing group. Yeah, get Open back up on, that that, on that app. Exactly. And don't. Uh, and actually, if you're going to get another roommate, you can say we're well, getting another roommate. I mean, you don't have to be dishonest. Right. Especially if you think you're going to stay friends with with Sid. Right. But I think that. You're right. It's going to be a rough ride. Sid is not going to take it well. But right. the only thing you can really do is stay steady. And this is important because it seems like you're both, you're very kind, you and your twin. You're going to try and rush in and you're going to want the conflict to be, to be over. Exactly. You're going to have to ride out the conflict. Right. What you're saying right. is correct. You are not unkind. You are not uncharitable. You've already given this person a year of this, that, and the other, whatever's on the list of the things they can never repay. Right. And you need to feel good about that. And you need to say, enough. This is the delineating line. And also, just for future, if you get another roommate, do not get somebody who only has two months savings. Okay, you need to be, if you want somebody with no job and savings, they better be an heiress. Okay, yeah. you need somebody with lifetime of savings. Because two months will yeah. come and go. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's very hard it's to not find a, a job. It is. It yeah. really is. Don't, and it's, you, you make an excellent point. Don't take another roommate that doesn't have a job. Yeah. You yeah. just can't risk it. And I mean, it's hard now too anyway, you know, with yeah. the pandemic. So it's like, don't take the risk no matter how cool they seem. No. <laughs> no. And Sid's, is Sid's family's responsibility, not your responsibility. And Sid has yeah. to figure out how to live in this world, even if it takes some, the help of some services, you know, some. Absolutely. And then you can't tell me in Chicago, they don't have that. Of course they do. Yeah. But we have to get real. Sid's doing that thing where they want to try and live a normal life, but really they're not equipped for normal society. Totally. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. Sid has to come to his, to their own acceptance of the situation. But right. that is not your job. And actually this roommate thing will hopefully help that along a little bit. Definitely. All right, T, you want to read the next one? Absolutely. Hi there, Rana, Brian, hmm. Naomi. And talented guest, also Naomi. <laughs> I am new to the podcast, fell in love with Rana when she was recently on Bitch Sesh, and have been Excuse binging me. Ask Rana all week. That's how to live. I have a question that I believe no one could answer as well as Rana. I'm hmm. in the middle of planning a week-long trip to Manhattan. Oh. I'll spare you the details, but after a 17-year marriage, subsequent divorce, and plunging back into the swamp of dating in my 40s, I have found late-in-life love. Oh, wonderful. It. Isn't that great? I love that. I love it. This very Nancy Myers. I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our first big trip together. I'm born and raised in California and have never been to New York. Okay. He was born in Peru, raised in Queens, but has lived in California for almost 20 years. So he has a great knowledge of how to get around the city via public transportation. I would be lost. But he thinks he'll feel like a tourist as he has not been in Manhattan since late adolescence. Oh. So we're up. So we're up for all the touristy things, but I just know that Rana will have some special place to visit, to eat, to experience that no one else in my world would be able to advise. What are your have, have to have to experiences in the city? I love a good deal and to be frugal, but I'm willing to spend to have an unforgettable experience. Thank you so much in advance, Amber. 
Now, you say I'm the person to answer this, but the truth is Naomi grew up in Manhattan and is the perfect person to answer this. But I always feel like because I grew up there, I don't know what a, what a visitor would want to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. very, like, I like have my neighborhood hangouts. But when it comes to sort of the events and, you know, the see or be seen type of places, I'm not good doing that. But I don't think that's what this is about. I think mm-hmm. this is about seeing the real New York, feeling uh-huh. the romance of New York, having a couple of Harry Met Sally moments. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. I think that's what they're really looking for. They want to feel like, which unless you have a good friend, which in the, at this very moment you do in Naomi, you know, when you go to another city and you have a good friend mm-hmm. there and you feel that you're part of the fabric of the city for a couple of days. Yes, definitely. What are your New York things that you think, and it can be high or low that you think, yes. for instance, the first thing I would say is if you can afford to, if it's really your first trip ever, etc., you should stay somewhere up by the park. I was literally going to say the part. I was going to say Upper West Side. I love the Upper West Side. It is my fave. Um, and I would say this, honey. You get off the B or the C train at 81st Street, Museum yep. of Natural History. Well, and uh, you walk. Definitely. And you walk. And one of the places I do love, so you're at 81st, you walk just four blocks, New York Historical Society. Oh. Fun fact, gorgeous restaurant in there. There you go. And it's not too pricey, but it's very cool looking. They have like all these like different, at least the last time I was there, um, all this like different like dishware from around the world, you know, kind of on the walls, but it was yep. like, all white. So it was just like, but it was like up high. It's very cool. They have all kinds of food, you know, fancy, but like Americana. And as always, what I always say too, because I used to travel a lot uh, I was, um, and also by myself but this time with your lover, you know, whenever you want to do something like a fancy meal, I suggest lunch. Lunch is always cheaper oh, than dinner. That's a great you d- suggestion. You never have to. Well, usually you do not have to worry about making a reservation, you know, yep. or not getting it. And you're still going to get the good food. And it's perfect. You know, when you've been like walking around the park, maybe you go to the museum, you know, it's donation based. So you can give them 50 cents. And then you go have a nice lunch at the Historical Society. I think that is such a terrific idea. And you make a great point about lunch, especially if you are on a lover's trip. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes a trip gets, the, the romance part of the trip gets ruined by having a heavy dinner. Where people, <laughs> people go have a heavy dinner and then you should walk, of course, back from dinner. But then you think, you know what I'd love to do? Go straight to sleep. Exactly. That's what I'd like to do. And then you find it's five days and you never had your romp, uh, whatever right. it is. <laughs> but that is such, and also, so they often had pre, have prefixes at menus at lunch. That's true. Uh, which is a great thing to look into. And I wouldn't be surprised if EDA, New York, E-A-T-E-R or any of those sites. Infatuation is another one. But I find infatuation is supposed to be sort of chef approved. Okay. Uh, restaurant recommendations and they mm, have maps okay. and things like Ida. And what's great about that is there's a lot of high low with the chef recommendations because yeah. chefs are just talking about what they think is the best food and chefs themselves often don't eat at terribly fancy restaurants. They just like good food. Right. Uh, so they'll know the best dumpling house or the best ramen or the best taco or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that site can be a little hard to navigate, I think. So you'll have to spend a do a little digging beforehand But Mm -hmm. they also do have the ability to do a sort of, uh, you know, put in your location, which I never do, of course, ever put in my location, but where you can look around the map where you are. 
Right, right. I think you have to approach New York with a high low. Yes. And I think that, first of all, you said get off the Museum of Natural History. The other thing is, I think sometimes people go to museums and they think they have to see the whole museum. You don't. Absolutely not. You can just see the highlights that mean something to you. Museum of Natural History, I'd go right in and see the dioramas, of course, mm-hmm. which are the fabulous, you know, totally anachronistic, uh, you know, behind a glass wall. This is early man. This right. Is the, this is the caveman. This is the Native American. This is the this. This is the that. And that museums like that have such incredible collections, but you don't have to see everything that was in there. You can go there for an hour. Exactly. And then exactly. walk through the, you've got to go around the reservoir mm-hmm. or you have to at least skirt the reservoir. You don't have to do the whole reservoir. If you don't want to get from one side of the city to the other, you could go to Bonnie Greengrass in the morning. Oh, delish. And delish. Because you, yes. you want to have that New York experience of white fish, white, white fish on a bagel, baby. Oh. Toast it up. A good white, white fish, fish salad. Honestly, I know people don't I know fa- what white fish is. It's tuna fish, but better when but it's salty, done right. Yes. Well, it's so funny because I discovered it's saltier. It's it's so flavorful. Yeah. I've, I I didn't discover white fish until uh, Andy, you know, my betrothed yeah. co-host. And when I went to his parents' house and they had, and honey, and I will say now to, to this day, my favorite white fish is Wegmans white fish. I don't like celery in it. I don't like onions in it. I just want that straight white fish yeah. on a toasted plain bagel. I'm Delicious. Living. I'm living. You could go to Bonnie Greengrass. Everyone knows my favorite must see in New York is Russ and Daughters. But yes. there's a Russ and Daughters up on about 92nd at the Jewish Museum. But personally, I think the, so I think you should stay up by the park. You should walk through the park, get mm-hmm. a gorgeous cup of coffee. As Naomi says, have a glamorous lunch somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you really get the best of the staff in the restaurant at that exactly. time. Exactly. When it's People not crowded. People are so happy you're there. You can you be have leisurely. Uh, you don't have, have to rush Have a glass out. of wine with lunch. You know, yeah. go take a little nap and then figure out what you're doing for dinner. Especially if you're going to go to a show. I mean, we're assuming this is taking place when things have calmed down a little bit. Right, right. And by the way, if it, if you're still taking a trip during the pandemic, you can book to go to the Met. You, they have, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. a lot of the New York museums you can book to. Uh, right. Make an appointment so you're not crowded. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still see things, but there are less people there, basically. Um, but do all of that and then do yourself a favor and get on the train and mm-hmm. take the one nine all the way, or the F, whatever it is, the, all the, one, the way no downtown. The one, nine, girl. Oh, yes, the nine's all the gone. Way That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 I know. But yes, the F, you're saying, yeah, East, east uh, Lower East Side is what exactly. you're going to say? Exactly. Go down yes. to Lower East Side, go to Russ and Daughters on Orchard Street, on Orchard mm-hmm. and Delancey. And that's where they have their cafe. And that's just my favorite for, you yeah. know, if you want a little, a high-low Jewish Deli experience. Cats is as well. Also Lower East Side if Fabulous. you want to do a corned beef moment. And that is a very like chill. You know, Cats is like old school deli, not fancy. Yeah. Have a seat, get a pile of meat. <laughs> it's like Definitely. very fun. Have an um, egg cream. Make sure you order an egg cream. But ooh. for me, what I love about Russ and Dot is if you go to the, you have to go to the, the cafe, which I know mm-hmm. they're doing. Uh, if you go during the pandemic, I know they're doing, um, curbside pickup and that sort of they're running their operation through the whole thing Mm -hmm. is that they had did such a gorgeous job redesigning this place that you feel they all all the waiters wear those white deli jackets and you and the uh the booths are a gorgeous sort of porpoise blue 
mm-hmm. and you feel like you are stepping back into probably New York never even looked that way. All the all the uh, the bar has a beautiful light box and it names oh, all okay. of the food. It's gorgeous, Cute. but it's also totally a casual place to have breakfast. It's just a great right. feeling. Walk right. around, do a little time in the Lower East Side. Walk around Soho, get a feeling for that, well, and then get back is- on the train and get back uptown. Well, this is, and especially these things that you and I are saying, and this is the thing I find when people come to visit me in New York. Uh, I have a lot of family in Detroit, and they they used to come to New York all the time. Bring walking shoes and yeah. be prepared to move your body. That is the thing that people who visit New York, they are not used to, and then as a result, you end up getting in a cab, and you don't see half of what you want to see. You yeah. spend all this money on cabs, and then you're pissed. Like It's like, be ready to walk, because I think it's in walking. What I love so much about New York is where you find stuff, you know, stuff Absolutely. you didn't even plan for. So just be ready to kind of... Yeah, just bring your, honey, your comfortable shoes and just hit the streets. I always say also Hell's Kitchen. Get over to 9th Avenue. Get over to 10th Avenue. Have some cute restaurant time. And I agree with that. And the other thing I'll say about that is uh, Little Italy. Yes. So we're talking Greenwich Village slash Little Italy. So yep. Sullivan Street, Mulberry Street. Take the fi- do a little looking, find out where the places are that you should yes. go because there you can have also a gorgeous meal for not too expensive. And if you have the ability to have a sort of white jacket Italian mm-hmm. dinner in New York, you know, yeah. up by the park for me, I love Il Tonello. But that's the Ooh. kind of place where they're going to charge you a million dollars for a steak. There yeah. are places in the village that you can still go and have a gorgeous bowl of pasta and really feel transported. Yes. And, or you can go to, I don't know if uh, Malampo's still there. He used to make the best sandwich in the village. Ooh. Those kind of little gems. And yeah. honestly, you feel like you're walking around a Martin Scorsese movie. Well, I was going to say go at night too, right? Because the lights, they oh, have lights yeah. year round. And so if you're there at night, oh, honey, you're getting a very cute photo op. Have a and slice of pizza street. and a cannoli. Yeah. Oh, God. I miss it. I miss it. Now you make me just miss it. But if you do all that walking, you've also earned all your treats. Exactly. That's why New Yorkers are so slim and stylish. And one other place I love, which I mentioned uh, when Sydney Washington was on, Uh, she had been a a cocktail waitress at the Rose Bar in the Gramercy Hotel. Mm -hmm. But there is a little cafe, a little restaurant in the Gramercy Hotel called Maialino which is owned by, I think, Danny Maya, or I think it's owned by Danny Maya. That's another thing, by the way. You could go to 11 Madison Park and you could, or mm. Gramercy Tab, and you could have a burger at the, at the yeah. bar. Yeah. That all of these fancy restaurants also have bars. You can go sit at the bar, which I always prefer to sit at the bar yeah. than to sit somewhere for three hours. And right. you can have a beautiful right. drink and you can have a nibble of this and a nibble of that and you don't have to spend a million dollars and you get the same experience. Exactly. Uh but Maialino, I love for breakfast. It is just a gorgeous little, it's right on Gramercy Park. And mm-hmm. you see, the, it's just a beautiful corner. It's actually a rear corner it. in New York where the sidewalk fills, feels, it's like that Irving Plaza feeling of sort of a mm-hmm. deserted wide sidewalk. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, you're going to have, it's, I love it. This is a week-long trip, I believe. Go to the zoo. I There's mean, you so know, much walk through the, so pa- the park, is, though, is an absolute wonderland. And with everything that's gone on, you're going to want, I think, you're going to want that outdoor space. Exactly. I was going to say, you're going to yeah. want outside, open air, and just to, just to feel comfy. But this is going to be very fun for you. And I wouldn't be surprised if you could get a fabulous deal on a Airbnb. Yeah. Or if you really want to splurge, there's a site called One Fine Stay. Oh, and I never those heard of that. Is, it's this sort of very high end Airbnb's. 
So it's the kind of thing where you go there and you feel like you could drop into someone's New York life. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know Brooklyn well, but don't be afraid to stay in Brooklyn. Well, I was also going to say, honey, Harlem is also, you know, Har- oh, and this Harlem's is thing. fabulous. Because I grew up in Harlem and we always was like, honey, the white people, when they find out about this, we're going to have some problems. Because honestly, Harlem is 15 minutes from Midtown. Yep. You know, the Upper West Side is right there. Like growing up, I used to go to the Upper West Side to do things before, you know, Harlem gentrified and got amenities. And so <laughs> it is um, so easy. It's not as far as you think, even though it seems like it's uptown. And if you stay near a subway, then you're, you know, you're right there. You're right there. It's yeah. so easy. And you can definitely find really cute apartments. And you know, If you were going to stay in Harlem, what would you, is there a little area you would recommend? A, what streets would you recommend? I think 116th over by, not Columbia University side. I'm talking about the no. West, but like, so Frederick Douglass, St. Nicholas, so many cute bars and restaurants now. It's very like young, hip, new, black. You know what I mean? And you're practically the whole on vibe. the edge of the pack there too. Thank you. And yeah. then you just walk right down to 110. Yeah. You're right there. Uh, and the cloisters, of course, if you're really looking for an adventure, you go up to the cloisters. Yeah. Nature. But, you nature. know, hold your handbag. <laughs> well, it gets can get a little deserted. It's the kind of place where there's people and then you turn around and nobody's there. Well, yeah, that's why yeah. I don't mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, all right. Shall we do our final question here? Absolutely. I'm ready. Dear Rana and Brian, a.k.a. Naomi, yes. I have a bit of a strange dilemma. One night I was hanging out with my close friend's boyfriend and another friend, not in a weird way. We're all part of the same friend group. And my close friend wasn't available that night. Okay. Okay. To make the telling of this story easier, I'll give everyone names. My close female friend can be called Cheryl. I'm going to call her Cheryl. Cheryl. Just because I never have the opportunity to call anybody Cheryl. (laughs) They'll say, sometimes in England, they'll say Cheryl instead of Cheryl. (laughs) My close female, well, you know, certain people will. My close female friend's boyfriend can be named Frederick. Okay. Okay. Why not? And my other friend that was there, male, can be called Dan. You can call me whatever you want. Naomi, do you have a name for us? We will call them uh, Melanie. Melanie. Okay. Anyway, that's all caps. (laughs) That's there anyway, not mine. Uh (laughs) So... Frederick and Dan and myself were all hanging out and Frederick reveals that he's going to propose to Cheryl. We all get understandably super excited and he starts showing us some rings he's thinking about buying. We even discuss logistics of getting the ring. Like if he wants to get it shipped, he could send it to one of our places instead of their place so it wouldn't ruin the surprise, etc. Dan and I continue to be excited when we see each other in future hangouts, constantly gossiping about when we think he's going to pop the question. Well, fast forward. It's now been two years. <gasps> oh. And they're still not engaged. Oh, Cheryl. On top of that, Cheryl has confessed to me that she is a bit upset about the fact that he hasn't proposed yet because they have discussed marriage in the past and she feels like she is ready to take the next step. When we talk and she asks for advice, I give something very generic, like maybe you should tell him how you're feeling about this, but nothing beyond that. I have not, in all caps, told her about the private engagement announcement and ring showing incident from two years ago. For a while, I was just keeping it secret because I didn't want to ruin the surprise. But now it feels like I'm actually keeping something from her. 
Mm. Out of everyone in this friend group, I am closest to Cheryl. So it breaks my heart to see her upset because she feels her boyfriend doesn't want to marry her. And I have a piece of information that could potentially help. Mm. How? You tell me how that could help. At this point, I've been sitting on it for so long that she might ask why I didn't tell her sooner. I'm tempted to just take the secret to my grave because it's not my business, right? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Clearly, I need your help. What do I do? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark. P.S. Love the show and all the advice you give. I am from the Boston area, so I especially appreciate all the New England charm mm. and references that come with every episode. Kiss, kiss. Okay, Melanie, that's what I'm calling you. Yeah. You ain't saying nothing about nothing. <laughs> this is not something you should ever bring up. There's nothing helpful about saying, well, two years ago, he wanted to marry you. Correct. Good just, God. Yeah, just so you know, it's 4,000 times worse than you thought it was. <laughs> exactly. But I think there should be a conversation, and only because she's saying they're all in the same friend group. Yeah. I would say our writer, Melanie, should ask Frederick yeah. what the deal is. Because it's true. Fed Frederick has now implicated Melanie and Dan in this entire thing. And I would I would go to Frederick and go, what is happening, sir? Yes. Is, it, is that just me being nosy, though? Because I also realize that is very accurate. <laughs> that I just want to know what's going on. Well, is it nosy? Honestly, it's borderline nosy. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's so funny. Because th this is uh, there are things that happen in your early 30s. And then you get a little older, late 20s, early 30s. Then you get a little older and you think, why on earth did I ever put my nose in anything? <laughs> what, what, what did I, did I think it was my job to make sure everybody was happy and everything was right. going well? Right. And so you can ask Frederick, look, there's nothing wrong with asking Frederick because Frederick brought this on himself and there's mm -hmm. an elephant in the room. And if you want to address the elephant, I mean, sure, curiosity killed the cat sort of situation. Right. I would be dying to know what's going on here. Yeah. But it's pretty clear what's going on here, which is this guy doesn't want to marry her or he doesn't want to marry right. her now. Right, right. And the problem is that no one knows the truth of what goes on in relationships. Right. So he wanted to marry her two years ago. We don't, we're, we're sort of assuming the problem was with Frederick, but we, had, we don't really know what Cheryl right. is like in her relationship. That's true. We That's don't really true. know if... He cheats or she cheats or she's temperamental or he's temperamental. Right. Or we don't really know what it's, what it's like to live with another person unless we live with them. Right. Or unless right. we have more information and more facts. Right. And right, it seems right, right. to me that Melanie's light on facts here. The only facts Melanie knows are that Cheryl would like to get married and she's disappointed. Right. Right. And, but let's remember, this is, Melanie's question is, what do I do? The answer is nothing. This is not your relationship. It would not help Cheryl if she found out that two years ago she could have had a husband. That is not nice. And also, but the thing is, again, I'd be like, Frederick, why did you involve me in this? I'm up, you know what I mean? Like, I would be mad that he even, it's like, don't be showing me rings acting like you're about to propose. 
But we you don't know. I'm her we bestie. don't know if there was a seismic shift in their relationship after that. Well, absolutely. We don't absolutely. know if Cheryl was having an emotional affair with someone she worked right. with, and right. then they worked through it and they stayed together. But he doesn't trust her. Or Frederick lost his job and feels like I can't do this right now because I got to get X, Y, or Z together. We just so don't things. know those things. Yeah. And yeah. So as much as I don't have any problem with you saying something to Frederick, if you, <laughs> I really don't. If you want to. But I think the question is, where does that get us? Because the only thing that does is involve you more. And at the moment, you are involved to a degree that you can step away from. That's true. Well, then let me talk to Frederick. You see what I'm saying? Well, I'd love to know. know. I'd love to talk to Frederick. I want to know what's going on, of course. We just want to know what's going on, quite honestly, because it's it's one thing to be like, oh, I want to marry her. Because, you know, you get a little swept up. You get excited. But now you talk about shipping. And can I send a ring to your house? It's like, Frederick, you were really thinking. You were really thinking about this. Yeah, so what changed? Exactly. But that I is- think, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying to your friend, which you've already said, apparently, but if you want to be married and this is really bothering you, you should figure out whether he wants to be married because right. otherwise, what are we doing here? Right. It's and, absolutely. But I don't, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong if you find yourself in a situation with frederick just saying look right i really do appreciate that this is none of my business or it was none of my business until we had that talk right but actually also as being a friend to you i'm sort of curious what's going on and what happened and whether this you know if you don't want to talk about it you want me to butt out that's fine but something happened to you and there right. was a big shift. Right. And exactly. I guess I want to know, are you okay? Is she okay? And I don't think it's a secret that she's hoping to get married. But really, even when you start saying those things, you're just getting in the middle of something that has nothing to do with you. Right. Right. And but this I idea that she's going to find out, I'll tell you who's not going to tell her that he was going to two years ago propose, <laughs> is him. Right. He's, only Dan is the only one that could possibly repeat it to her. That's true. But Absolutely. It's also a secret. When somebody says tells you something about a proposal like that, it's a secret. Right. Right, right, right. But she knows you know this what? guy doesn't want to marry you. Well, this is my thing about it, which is like because what I'm also getting from the writer, like Cheryl's bringing this up a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Cheryl it's is going to go Cheryl's is, mind. She's saying a lot, and you know how it is when you have a friend who just stay on some bullshit and you'd be like, "I told you what I told you. I don't want to hear this again." <laughs> like like when someone just won't stop so i also imagine it's like that where it's like cheryl's always so talking about how she's so sad and disappointed that he's not proposed and i really want her to stop (laughs) do you think telling her he wanted to propose two years ago would make her stop well it's it's certainly going to explode the relationship it will explode i mean if that's what you hope if you think it will be helpful to cheryl to explode her relationship and her dynamic go ahead tell her no. But you don't owe her anything girl code wise here. Right, I don't right, think. right, right. I think there's a greater, I could be wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I think there's a greater universal code. I think, I do think if you know more about their relationship, if Frederick's kind of a dog and you don't think mm-hmm. she should really marry him, et cetera, et cetera, then I think you are armed with something where you say, look, I didn't want to tell you this because I felt it was a secret and he asked us not to tell. And one of the only surprises a woman can look forward to in her life is being proposed to. So who was I to ruin that for you? Right. But Frederick brought this up to us a couple of years ago 
and nothing. Right. So do with that what you will, but I don't think this guy wants to marry you. And I know you exactly. Want to marry him. He's out of the picture. Did you know? Did I tell you, Rana? I'm I've started hosting. I will be hosting a Lifetime movie podcast <gasps> with comedian Megan Gailey. Yes, oh, it's I called, love Megan Gailey. She's fabulous. She, she's wonderful. Yeah. And the podcast is called I Love a Lifetime Movie, and so we're really immersed. We're watching so many. When does it start? March fourth. Oh, I can't wait. Something like this. You'll both maybe have want to, to come on together when that comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But this for me, it has lifetime elements, you know, secret yeah. proposals, relationships where you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know, the drama of it all and being like the friend who's around who's like, how can I help? But then you really don't know how to do anything. And then, you know, it turns out someone has a secret family. You know, it's like, well, this also, is not for you to again, we don't know much about Frederick, but how do we know that whatever that was... And I don't want to go to lifetime credit, meaning <laughs> me. I, I love a good life. I'm saying yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to suppose something and it probably yes. has nothing to do with anything is what I'm saying. <laughs> For all we know, Frederick has two families and another girlfriend and whatever exactly. else. And the reason he brought it up to you guys was to quiet you down a little bit. So mm. he wanted you to think or to know being Frederick's advocate. will say to know. To being yep. lifetime movie, we'll say to think right. <laughs> what his intentions were, his designs on your dear friend. Right. So right. either he ge- very genuinely did it as a way to say, I really love this girl and I want you people to know that I really appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Or he could be a total operator who was just trying to quiet you down a little bit. That's true. That's true. I personally don't think they need to be, they should be together. I'll just tell you that right now. They're Simply not in because the same, they don't want the same things. Right thank now. you. Simply, yeah. but literally, I don't need any other details other than she want to be married. He don't want to be married. You don't need to do this. I mean, and I think so many times, you know, women are told like, just be patient. You know how men are. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. When they want to do it, they do it. In the like all humans. In the you know famous what I mean? words of Naomi Ek Paragon, meet people where they are. Hello. Thank That's you. where he is. And that's, that's where, where she is. is. Exactly. But guess where you are? Not between them. Don't get in the <laughs> mi- don't get in the middle of this. Don't get in the middle of it. Yeah. Be a good friend to her. You don't owe him anything. Right. But I think you probably owe your friend another nudge, which is you're not happy in this relationship. So what do you want to do about it? And right. by the way, there also meant look, sometimes a dog needs to walk in a circle before it can lay down. There are absolutely men who, and I'm not saying threaten somebody and walk out just to get Uh what you want. You have to be true. Everything has to be true to what it is that you want. You should act from an authentic place. Mm -hmm. But it's absolutely possible that when she declares what it is that she wants and that she realizes they're not on the same page and that she, it's very much like you were saying before about how free you feel now that you Mm -hmm. speak your mind instead of being nervous about what's going to happen like a shy kid. Mm -hmm. There is a freedom to that kind of honesty and truth and let the chips fall where they may. And they may fall, you know, he may have a real awakening about that. That's a real thing that happens is that people really, until something is threatened, don't realize that they need it or when they don't know until they miss it or whatever it is. But it doesn't change the fact that he doesn't want to be married. Right. Now. Right. So, well, dear, this is the time in our show mm-hmm. where we recap and we do our giveaway. And our giveaway this week is going to be a gorgeous 
hand cream by Byredo because we're in winter now and everything is, yes. I, I think I'm just acting for my own place of everything being so dry and being up here in this New Hampshire, you're outside in the dry cold and then you're in the dry heat. And I think, yeah. what about a gorgeous, rich hand cream? So, I love that. I love that. I'm I sorry if people it. hate it, but that's what we're doing. No, it's perfect, especially because I feel like I am just dry as a winter's bone because of all the hand washing. Yeah. And my hands were like so cracked. I could not keep moisture on them. It was like, it was getting real bad well, in then January. I'm going to send you one too. Oh my God, you don't have to, so that, but I will take it. Let's Thank go you. through our inventory here and see who we yes. got. Okay. We've got a challenging roommate situation. Yeah. You know, Sid, who Sid. is not paying their share yeah. and got to hit the road. We have late in life lovers planning a New York City getaway. Oh, yeah. And we've got a friend who ain't got no business being in her friend's business. Yeah, that's exactly what we have. And I have to say about the late in life lover, again, we sort of touched on it at the beginning, but congratulations and how wonderful. And isn't that, you know, People think you have to meet somebody when you're young, but what if you mm -hmm. met somebody when you were 15 and you spent 30 years with them? How is that any less valuable than meeting somebody at 20 and getting divorced at 50? I always joke, and Andy doesn't appreciate it, that he is my <laughs> my favorite first husband. Oh, he's I your love first the idea of having a sure. second husband. Oh, I can't I wait. I love the idea of just like being like 65 and just being, just like having a gentleman friend. Yeah. You Terrific. Know? Makes life worth living. Honestly, terrific. Light. Yeah, but also, you know, don't just take a boyfriend just to have one. It's got to be the no, right boyfriend. God, no. Yeah, of course not. Uh, so, what do you think? Who are you getting Ooh. a feeling about? I know it's tough. I like. I'm thinking of what hand cream provides. You know, I'm thinking luxury. I'm thinking softness. We can also change the gift if it's for the a person. If you think. If, if you, the most important thing is you have the feeling about the person, and then the gift we can tailor to the person if we want to. I think, I think late in life, late in life lovers. Really? I, know, I know. I mean, look, it's crazy. It's crazy because this is someone who's already thriving. So do they need something else? But I felt as though the, the twins have each other. And though it will be tricky to get Sid out on their own, I don't feel like a gift is what's going to help them in that direction unless they want to re-gift it to Sid. There's you no re-gifting. I mean? There's none exactly. of these. Exactly. This is not transferable. Exactly. Yeah. In which case, no thank you. Then, you know, you've got the friend who's wondering what, sh what she should do. <sighs> I personally, but you know, I think, yeah. Melanie, you don't you Creating don't Creating problems where they don't exist. Exactly. Yeah. We don't reward that kind of behavior here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then I think a gorgeous, rich hand cream is a perfect thing for our friend in the middle, a late in life yeah. lover who yes. deserves to take a little sniff and remember that she's in her second renaissance, basically. And also, if she's going to be in New York, she's going to have to wash her hands all the time and she's going to have to put right. hand sanitizer on all the time because you do. And wear, please, if it's cold, wear gloves. You don't want to touch yes. anything in New York. Right. <laughs> you definitely don't. You've got to learn how to use your elbow to brace yourself on a and subway pole. You should pole. definitely have a hot dog in Central Park. 
And I was going to say the perfect time to hold your lover's hand, your moisturized hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you should be soft and pillowy as you guys stroll in the park together. I support this. I support this decision. I feel a little bad for the roommate because I think that they, he feels he's given so much. And, but, but you know what? We gave him a little advice. He didn't get nothing. You didn't get nothing. Yeah. You didn't get nothing. And you have a twin. Uh, you have a twin. Lucky you. Okay. Um, all right, dear. So now we're going to read the cliffhanger. Okay. I'm going to let you read the cliffhanger. What do you think about that? All right. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Good afternoon, Rana, Brian slash Naomi, an illustrious guest. Also Naomi. My name is Kevin, and I'm a gay man living in Denver. Okay. First of all, I adored the live Valentine's cabaret show this Excuse past weekend. Me. It was fabulous, and the chat was out of control. That's so funny. I wish I had seen the chat. I wanted to know what they were doing in the chat, but I, you couldn't see the chat at the same time. So I just, okay. had, yeah. So they, um, well, uh, Kevin says, Ronald looked incredible with a gorgeous Negrana. True. My friend and I had to make our own to be a part of the show. Brian's shirt was a standout piece as well. He was wearing oh. a gorgeous YSL, uh, you know, Marlon Brando type top. He looked terrific. Yeah. <laughs> oh, short sleeve, giving you that 50s yeah, vibe. Yeah, 50s, but Paris sexy at the same time. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was, uh, it was a great look. Yeah. Now, to my question, it's fairly racy. Oh, oh boy. Lord, I don't like it, Rana. No, you know, I'm I sex you negative. Know, I. <laughs> <laughs> These kids out here, they talk about sex positivity. I'm sex I know. negative. Can't everybody just relax a little bit? Oh, yeah. God, what like, happened? What happened ugh. to us? The social mores. Truly don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do it for Kevin. I had a romp in the sheets with a guy I met on Grinder. Okay. He left and I went to bed. The next morning, I was reminiscing about the experience and wishing he had finished himself on my chest and face. Oh, oh, oh boy. Okay. <sighs> So I sent him a text message expressing this to him. However, as I was rereading the message a few minutes later, I realized I had accidentally messaged this to my boss. Imagine the horror of not being able to take back a text message. I am horrified and do not know how to face my boss or how to get rid of the embarrassment of having my boss know what I enjoy in the boudoir. Please let me know how you would handle this. Cheers, Kevin. Okay. Well, the good news for you is we're going to answer this on Patreon. We don't have to deal with this here. You don't have to. You don't have to clean up the mess that was not left (laughs) on Kevin's chest and face. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God! But thank God I'm a member of the Carriage House because I do think there's no coming back. But you know what? You and Brian will have answers. (laughs) Well, my personal feeling here is that. Either this happened or it didn't happen, but I think this happened to a friend of Kevin's. <laughs> and I think Kevin wants to know what we would have done, or I think this happened a long time ago. Mm. But okay. because okay. if you messaged your boss, there's no way that that doesn't have repercussions immediately. <laughs> right. So I'm just going to put that out there that I think this could be, uh, like I said, we don't really operate on the pro- the transitive property in the carriage house, <laughs> right. which is you ask advice for yourself or you ask advice that is current. But right. this is a hot question. So we'll yeah. handle this hot potato in the, in the Patreon carriage house. Wonderful. Can't Join wait. us on Patreon, of course. Uh, we have a new episode. Naomi can speak right to it. She's a Carriage House member. She can say she's enjoying it. This is the only Patreon that Naomi Ekparrigan is subscribed to. 
Excuse and it me. is worth every penny. I'm loving the advice. Rana might get me to read a book. And do you do the book? Do you do the book club or you don't really? I haven't yet, but like yeah. when I, I, but I still listen to you guys talk about it, and I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe I'm gonna buy that book, which is very good for me yeah. to introduce me to literature in these times. We do watch parties. We mm-hmm. do. Uh, we do Quarantine International Fe- Film Festival. Yes. We've been mixing it up a little bit with some watch parties. We did, by the way, we did Fran Leibowitz Pretend It's a City. So if she's not, uh, if our friend who wrote in isn't a carriage house member, they should listen to that conversation. Yes. Uh, and it's fabulous. And so it's every Friday we have a bonus episode. And um, if if you want to see the video, we do that too. That's called Sauna Privileges. And you get Brian body parts, I believe. You do get body parts from Brian on occasion. <laughs> uh, and of course, we have our fabulous coffee. I know you're not a coffee drinker because I've tried but to send coffee to you about 400 times. <laughs> and I, I never want to waste it, but I just, I don't like the taste. But the way you describe it, I love like vanilla, a mocha. I almost got the Hanukkah one because I do like a chocolatey feel. Like the taste of chocolate. Well, if you ever want to try coffee, you just tell me because I'm all I'm trying to do is send you coffee. Okay, but (laughs) and Andy doesn't drink coffee. No, really, too much. I'm glad to hear that. Actually, his anxiety would be through the roof. I think. (laughs) But our gorgeous coffee, of course, at askronacoffee.com. Uh, as I always said, rather be looking at it than looking for it. So people should subscribe. If you th- if you really think you're going to ever get it again, you should subscribe because you save $3 a bag, yes. always free shipping. You decide how often it comes and you can cancel anytime. There's no obligation. So I don't know why people don't want to save $3 a bag, but that's up to them. And we have the beautiful carriage house blend, which I describe as an elevated Dunkin' Donuts, which to mm. me is the height of glamour. Yeah. And then the shades of vanilla, which is just a beautiful vanilla infused Madagascar vanilla coffee. Yeah. Not a flavored coffee. A flavor infused coffee. An infusion. I know. That's yeah. what you said, though, because I was like, oh, I like flavors, but infusions. I feel like I would love the smell. It sounds like it's, it smells like heaven. The reason I say it's infused is because the coffee itself stands on its own. Usually mm-hmm. you get a flavored coffee and the flavor overtakes the whole experience. Yeah. Really, there are two things happening when you drink this coffee, which is that the coffee hits you first. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, the vanilla hits your nose first. And you think, oh, I mean, what a treat. Just the yes. smell. But then you taste it and you think, this is actually a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I think is rare with a flavored coffee. I Normally see. you think it, you smell the vanilla, you taste the vanilla. Mm-hmm. This, you smell the vanilla, but you still taste a gorgeous coffee underneath it. And that I have to, you know, credit the Bixby boys for that. <laughs> so there we are. I absolutely adore you. I'm delighted that you joined me today. And I can't thank, thank you, you enough for, for stepping me. in like the oh. absolute star that you are. I mean, I'm honored. I love it. I said, you know what, Brian, if you want to be the Lobstermans, I will always fill in for you. I'm your black up. I am your support. And I just love it. What is your, uh, your, of course, black dress? Tell people your handles. Come find me on Instagram. That's where I'm having fun at okay. Black Dress Comedy. That's yeah. what I'm doing on Insta. Always check out Couples Therapy Pod. I mean, hang out. I'm going to send you a Jubu t-shirt, Rana. Would you wear it? <gasps> oh, I wish would you, you would. Wear I it? absolutely okay. love them. It. I've been seeing them on Instagram because people yes. have been sending you the pictures and you're posting pictures of people in the t-shirts. Yes. Which I would like, you know, we did a, we did a limited edition just for the show, like a concert t-shirt, mm-hmm. which was so cute. It was a white 
pocket tee with a hot pink hat on the uh, oh, nice. on the pocket that said I hat Rana and Brian. And then on the sleeve, it had the date with little two little hats separating the date. And for that. people that got the tea, I hope that they will take a picture. Yes. DM us the picture so that we can post it. Uh, or, or, you know, tag us in the story or whatever. Yeah. But I love that you're doing the carousels of your photos. So I'm going to do that. Yes, I you love should. that. Um, so send me a Jubu. I'd be delighted. Where can they buy the Jubu tea? You can go to compressmerch.com, couples therapy. You'll find it. It'll be great. But Rana will be repping it. it she will be repping I, Jubu realness. I commit to wearing it in the carriage house <laughs> as soon as it arrives. How about that? Perfect. Um, all right, dear. I adore you. And we will see everyone, including you, on the Patreon. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.